You sure you're ready for this? I'll do my best. Your best? Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Yeah, this is Eli, a.k.a. Baby Yogurt. All right, there we go. And we're back with another episode. And yes, want everybody to know that, no, we did not fall out or anything like that. Or, no, we are not at odds with each other. This is... We didn't break up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I hate him, I hate him, I hate him. No, nothing like that. It's just, we just took a little time off. And we decided to just reschedule for Monday. And actually, this is pretty good because, Eli, this might be the last Monday ever. <laughs> now i think we got a few more months before i don't, I don't think so i don't think so i think this is it <laughs> like, like i said tomorrow well not tomorrow but today as it was going on right now is not super tuesday super tuesday was like in march right so not uh, yeah i thought you just call this super tuesday anyway voting everybody is that hasn't voted already is going to vote today uh fun fact mississippi is one of the only states in the country that doesn't allow early voting so i have to wait till tomorrow to get it done so Damn, that's man. gonna be a thing um i really feel and it no we're not gonna press you and to vote for this person to vote for that person vote for harambe vote for kanye i don't give a fuck just go out and vote just voice your opinion if nothing else there's nothing wrong with that so definitely that uh but eli the thing is honestly i feel like no matter what happens on tuesday wednesday is gonna be a shit show it's going to be a few months of a shit show. I th I don't think the results are going to come in, and I don't want to get into that shit. Either, yeah, let's not. I, I'm just <laughs> look. Either way, just be ready for the civil war. It's coming. You know? <laughs> just well, go ahead. Happen either. I think I don't. Uh, these motherfuckers can't even fucking. They couldn't even. They couldn't even go without fucking hair salons and old country buffet for a fucking for two months without. They they can't they can't handle no war. <laughs> uh you saying it now you like hey who knows either way don't worry whatever happens tony hawk you are safe to go occupy a fucking yeah golden corral was fat fuck. <laughs> crack a barrel what no I, I didn't mean to say that never mind <laughs> let's go to the next part of the podcast uh also we usually start this off with the podcast but hold on let's see what we got here what's we got here oh, look who's in the house Cliff, Cliff the fish fry house. what do you do <laughs> Fish fry for everybody. <laughs> uh, happy Armageddon Eve. Like I said, this is 2020, so you know everybody's getting fucked up. Uh, anyway, let's go to the next part of the podcast. This is the part where we usually start off because always when a tragedy happens, we want to address it. And we want to say to rest in peace to Sir Sean Connery. Yeah, so, he is a like knight. I said, he is a knight. He was knighted in 2000 uh, by the Queen. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, this is a big deal by Sean Connery. I don't like that pick. Let's do the other one. Boom. Look, when he's cool. Let's do the cool pick, you know. Uh, yeah, so like I said, Sean Connery been acting 
for all these decades. He is an icon. Everybody just knows Sean Connery. He's probably the most famous Scotsman that ever lived, other than what's the guy from uh that Neil Gibson movie? Whatever. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Mad Max? <laughs> Not Mad Max, bro. Uh, shit, Braveheart, that guy. <laughs> He's pretty famous. Obviously, he's not that famous if we don't know his name. So, yeah, okay. Sean Connery is over. Exactly. Where the white women at? <laughs> yeah, so we're taking Sean Connery over uh, Mel Gibson. And we're Ray all going to get the white women after that, man. Basically. <laughs> all, you can, all you can get. So, yeah, so basically, let's talk about Sean Connery. Like I said, Eli, uh, when I was growing up with Sean Connery, I didn't know he was even associated with James Bond. I knew him from all this other stuff. I knew him from uh-huh. Hunt for Red October. Knew him from uh, Indian Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, knew him from uh-huh. Untouchables. Hi- you know, Highlander. Oh yeah, Highlander. Oh, Untouchable. Yeah. He was in all this stuff. You know, so I yeah. see the you know the young picture of him looking like James Bond, and I can because they look so different. I can't even make the connection. I'm like, okay, just just James Bond. You know, there's better telling me later on. Like I think like like my twenties when I found out. Yes. That is Sean Connery. I'm like, oh shit, really? So I had no no uh no connection with that. Not only that, I did some research finding out that before he was James Bond, he was actually a bodybuilder and was third runner up to uh, the Mr. Universe contest. No shit. So yeah, didn't know that. So yeah, he played in all these movies and all the movies he played in. Eli, honestly, my favorite has to be The Rock. <laughs> now. I'm going to tell you why I love this movie so much, because most people people love him as James Bond, right? Here's the thing. Eli, in this movie, he was playing James Bond. They just never actually said the name of James Bond. He was actually playing an MI6 agent that was disavowed. I don't think I've ever watched that. I oh, this movie, is fucking, this movie is fucking awesome, man. <laughs> it has the greatest quote of any movie ever. He's like, and he tells Nicolas Cage, because Nicolas Cage's movie also. Also, Nicolas Cage's best movie also. <laughs> and he tells Nicolas Cage, uh, try your best. Wine is always talking about trying their best, but winners go home and fuck the prom queen. I like I love that fucking line. It's <laughs> it's the way to live your life by, you know. And that, like I said, we haven't seen Sean Connery in a while because he was sick for a while. But this was actually the last movie he was in. Leave it short. Leave it short. Oh, really? I did not yeah. know that. And here's the thing: since it's a comic book podcast, we actually have to talk about this because it's actually yeah. a Alan Moore comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eli, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I love this movie. I don't yeah. care what anybody say about this movie. I love this movie. Main I thing, not, I didn't dislike it. I thought it was alright. My main thing about this movie is because uh, it's one. It's you know a bunch of literary characters that are piled up into one movie. Because like I said, uh, Sean Connery in that movie is playing Alan Quartermain, uh, which is from Heart of Darkness, but they had to read Heart of Darkness in school. And it's basically the Avengers before the Avengers. Hell, it's basically the X Men before the X Men. I mean, before the like the movies came it's, out, stuff like it's, that. It's yeah, it's classic superheroes, or right? Classic literature heroes. With now, I, I do want to let you know this: if you're a fan of that movie, or if you hate that movie, don't read the comic. <laughs> it's not, this is Alan Moore we're talking about, so of course you know Alan Moore is going to do some Alan Moore shit with these characters. So yeah, it's not the standard. I'm sure Alan comic. Quartermain was racist and was a colonizer. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty pro, just like it was in the comic. I mean, like like it was in the novel. So, yeah, good. I like that. exactly. See, we got we got uh, two people with us here. Uh, yeah, and Invisible Man. No, who, who got? Yeah, not Hulk. What's the guy? Hulk, ba- Mr. Hyde, Doctor Just Mr. Hyde. Mr. Hyde, yeah, yeah. Raped the Invisible Man. Raped him. Raped him. 
Yes, anally raped him. In the com in the comic? In the, the comic. In the no, not in the movie. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Like if you read the movie and you re, uh watch the movie and then read the comic, you're like, oh, this is way differently. So like I said, remember it's Alan Moore. Alan, God bless him, Alan Moore. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hyde, exactly. That's what it is. Well, Dr. Jacob, Mr. Hyde. Uh can we stick on can we stay on the uh James Bond train we got going on right here? Sure. Okay. Oh, and, go, and Eli, you shared out since I'm, I can't walk and chew gum at the same time. I did. I shared it out. Oh, cool. All right, cool. All right, yep. so we're going to stay with uh, what we got going on right now. We're going to talk about, like I said, the first James Bond, and we're going to talk about the latest James Bond, which is No Time to Die. And the reason we're talking about this one is because apparently, like I said, streaming is the future, and movie theaters are struggling right now, and MGM is struggling because James Bond is pretty much like the only movie they have that makes all the money. So they're trying to find a way to get this movie out and, you know, salvage some of their money, you know. Uh, but the problem is, is that the, pri the price tag they're asking for, nobody wants to pay. They're trying to sell this movie to streaming services of like six, seven. Some, some people even said 800. Uh, nobody wants to do that. Amazon, I think Apple gave them the, the best offer. And I think they said for 400 and they said it was too low. So they can't sell the movie. They have to. They have to hold it for theaters. While meanwhile, during the quarter, the last quarter of twenty twenty, they're losing money left and right. So my thing is this: everybody's saying that streaming is the future, and I'm using like uh, James Bond, like this microcosmos going on with Hollywood right now. They're saying that streaming is the future. If streaming is the future, this is what we're going to get: these big blockbuster movies that have to make all this money to get their money back and shit like that. It's not going to happen. Uh, these big superhero movies we've just been loving and China's just been eating up and shit like that. Not going to happen. Fast and the Furious that's cost all this money to make. Not going to happen. What you're going to get, if streaming is the future, you're going to get low budget movies. That's what's going to happen because Netflix isn't going to pay $600 million for a movie. They're, they're not going to do that. That's why they. That's why all these movies that can't be in the theater are going to Netflix. So, because they can't afford it, and it, people keep asking why all why won't Black Widow go to streaming? Why won't all these other movies go to streaming? This is why, because if, if streaming is the future, those big bunch of movies won't make their money back. Yeah. So. Also, Tom Cruise ain't don't got to make fucking twenty million a movie either. He don't need to make that much. That that is true. That is true. And that's another reason that kind of blows up the price tag of these things. Also, yeah, Alan got a thing for it. He does. <laughs> he really does. I don't. I, somebody needs to really look into that, or or not. You know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah so that's that's my thing with uh with with movies in general if streaming is the future you can get it ready i mean eli how, how do you feel about that like i said we already we've always complaining about the theme parks and the blockbuster movies and that's the and they these big budget blockbuster movies are driving out other movie theaters how, how do you feel about that that if streaming is the future that basically these movies will go away well i think they'll be more or, or we'll get more long for if they are going to be blockbusters if they are going to have the special effects and all the cool shit that we like, I think they're going to be more long form series. You know, they're mm. going to, you know what I mean? That way people will pay attention to, will keep subscriptions longer, you know, and they'll be more episodic instead of this, the big tentpole movie where, you know, that they blow, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars on and expect to make a billion that, yeah, I think that's going to go away. But, if we want that type of entertainment with the big, the big blockbuster entertainment we want, I think they're going to be in more long form format. If it, if streaming is the is is where it's going, we'll get we'll get it. It's just be a series, you know. 
true, but I mean, like I said, if if we do go there, no matter how long the movie will, I mean, long the, they're gonna stretch the movie out for ten episodes, eight episodes, stuff like that. We're not gonna get an end game. I mean, it's yeah. not gonna happen because hell, even the movie theaters probably maybe never uh, end game maybe never happen with all those characters, all the big budget, all in uh, IMAX with Thanos looking as good as he did with C CGI. You're not gonna get that. But I said this before. I mean, the MCU was just episodic TV at the movies. You know, it True. Was just, it was just a se how many four seasons of movies. You know, and uh, yeah, that's that's what we got for, and, and and it pretty much sets it up for streaming. You know, so yeah, yeah I, I think it's sad in a way. You know, um, but. You know, that's 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 the world we live in, and you know, what, what are you gonna do? You know? I mean, we're looking at all these doomsday scenarios, stuff like that. Maybe, like I said, maybe the pandemic will die down a little bit, even though we had record numbers this last week. You know, maybe by the middle of April it'll die down, and people won't be scared to you know go back to the theaters. You know, uh, I mean, the thing is, theaters are businesses; they can they can file for bankruptcy or take out loans, just like every other broke motherfuckers have to. There, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. This pandemic, 2020 is weeding out the pussies and shit. You know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> we're just starting to see people break. You know, and the people who are prospering are the motherfuckers who ain't who are used to this shit. We we we're, we're used to like not having yeah. shit, or, or not being able to go know. anywhere. Too broke to do shit. Too broke to go anywhere. So, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? The government saying it's at home. I've been at home. <laughs> but yeah, everybody. Oh my. Oh. Yeah, movie theaters like, oh shit, we're gonna be broke. Oh my god, I might have to take out my own trash. Oh, it's the end of the world. Like, fuck off. Get a fucking loan, pussy, and fucking you know, with fucking twenty five percent credit, like the rest of us broke motherfuckers have to. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing because, like I say, and this is another segue we're going into right now. But like I said, we went the entire twenty twenty without a Marvel movie in the theaters, and I think yeah. they felt the effect because of that because that's what put butts in the seats and Disney in general also. Yeah. So if Disney uh, decides to focus on streaming themselves, you know, decide to focus on Disney plus and stuff like that and pull other movies or don't bother with, you know, these tempo movies anymore, the movie is going to suffer because if nobody was coming to the movies to see anything other than Disney movies anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, what that's, that's what happens when a fucking big giant corporate conglomerate buys up everything <laughs> right, <laughs> and then they had yeah. their movie, and then they contracted their movie to be in the theaters for so long that other yeah. movie theaters, other movies don't even can't even have room to put their movies in there. Yeah, yeah, fuck that. They fucked it up. They fucked themselves. You know. So I don't think they fucked themselves. I think they're fine. They, matter of fact, I oh, think yeah. they plan I mean, for yeah. the future. They're always they're always gonna have something to do, but they I think they ruined the business for themselves. They did. Yeah, they ruined the business, but not for themselves. I don't think. They ruined the business, definitely. Well, I mean, they ruined the business of move of of the theaters. They oh, they, yeah, yeah. they fucked that up, you know, by by having such a monopoly in in the theaters and and theater chains and you know fucking over independent films and all that shit by you know you know making theaters play their movies over other movies. I think they fucked themselves up. I mean, now now the theaters are dying and it. You know, pretty much because of that. Because I'm, I'm going to ask you another. I'm the, theater, ask you another. the theaters had to cater to the Disney model. Yeah. Now that you know nobody's going to see movies because Disney movies aren't in the theaters. Now the theaters are suffering. So right. let me ask you this: um, It's a conspiracy theory that somebody's been thinking about. Do you think Marvel, Disney, whoever you want to name, 
may have manipulated Rotten Tomatoes or some of the scores in Rotten Tomatoes. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know. I mean, do you really think Ant-Man deserved like a, a 90%? You know, I'm just. I don't know. I mean, I think people are dumb. I don't. <laughs> I'm just saying because a lot of times people were saying, you know, when they had these like big Hollywood blockbuster premieres, like any of the the reviewers, like the big time critics that were popular, you know, just was flying them out, giving them all kind of shit. You know, whatever you want. You know, uh, take pictures with you know Tony Stark and all this shit like that. So somehow that can influence you. Like, oh, if I shit on Disney, I might not get invited out to this premiere. You know. Yeah, that I can, guess that could be way, in the back of the head. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I guess in a way that 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 probably happens, but mm-hmm. I don't. I, I mean, paying sites, I don't know. Not not like I, paying them, but I think it definitely influence them and giving them incentive yeah. to you know to go that route. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> all was trash. still had ninety percent of Rotten Tomatoes or whatever the fuck it had. <laughs> oh shit! I think all it's right. the. I mean, yeah, that's a whole other discussion. That's about the culture war and all that crap, and not being able to like speak your mind without being accused of you know crimes against humanity and shit you know i yeah. think that yeah if you don't like that that was the whole if you don't like captain marvel you're a sexist misogynist asshole and if you do like you know if you do like uh if you do like captain marvel you're a feminist you know? right or a Got dude it. pretending to be a feminist trying to get laid josh Wheaton. <laughs> hey we gotta shit on josh Wheaton again so <laughs> all right so Snyder cut. go see the snyder cut <laughs> right uh was much better I guess. I don't know, man. That's up uh, for debate. Oh, Eli, like, you heard that other shit. Room. Yeah, it's like <laughs> uh, you heard that shit about another shit that shit known uh, Josh Wheaton about is that he lightened up Ray Fisher in the cut or yeah, something. I heard something about that. I'm like, like no, holy what, shit! What the fuck? <laughs> they try to I mean, turn him white. They try to <laughs> blonde and shit like Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what the fuck he's talking about, man. But anyway. <laughs> All right, we we ready to get it. All right, let, let's let's get into it. Let's get, fuck all this bullshit. Let's get into it. Okay. All right, we're gonna get into the Mandalorian Mando, Mando season two. I think this episode was called the Marshall or whatever. The I don't Marshall, think they yeah. named it. If you want to say they, they named it, so far. yeah. I think so. All right, so uh, you want to start off? I want to start. Off. I'm gonna let you start off because, like I said, okay. First off, for anybody that has. Yeah, let's just. I, I gotta put up yeah. disclaimer. I gotta put up disclaimer. I gotta put disclaimer because people that have been listening to the podcast, they know it's two things that we ban on this episode. I mean, on this podcast, uh, one is Star Wars, and the other is Will Smith. So we try to stay away from those topics as much as possible. However, The Mandalorian, when season one came out, we realized that with Star Wars fans, even though we hate everything and we bitch about everything, this was like the the truce area, like the oasis that we could all like. What was it? Okay. This was was a midnight clear. This was right. Like with Grand Theft Auto, you know, when you go to the strip club and you can't bring guns in, it's like that. Yeah. (laughs) When you leave the strip club, you can pull guns back out of shit like that. So that's what the Mandalorian is. It's a strip club in Grand Theft Auto. I don't know if that analogy makes sense, but that's what we're going to go with. So, uh, Eli, I'm going to just go off the bat. Fuck it. Five out of five, this episode for me. This episode was amazing, brilliant. I. I mean, you can nitpick and bullshit and stuff like that. Like they said, want rats too many times. I don't give a fuck about that, man. Just everything they did in this episode was awesome. From the beginning to the end, everything in between, the guest stars, the Easter eggs they had. It's like, you did it. Like, honestly, we talk about, like, movies and shit like that. Like, if you would have gave me this 
and and pay and told me to pay money in the movie theaters to watch this, I would have gladly paid money to see this. Like, not yeah. even an issue. Yeah. You know. This is, you know, when Star Wars does it right. It's an MCU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a Western yeah. in space. It's it's That's how I sell the movie to my friends. They're like, I don't know shit about Star Wars. I don't know shit about the Mandalorian. I just know Baby Yoda's in it. What is it about? I said, it's gun smoking space. Like, what? Yeah, that's what it is. It's gun smoking space. There you go. All the Western tropes are here. He yeah. walks into the town, you know, the settlers. He's a bounty hunter. He goes there. Like, you watch the Rifleman and also, like, it's the same thing. And I'm fine with that. You yeah. know, doesn't bother me at all. Yep. At the end, the people in the towns go, I don't didn't get his name, but he sure cleaned up this town. Exactly. <laughs> He's the man with yeah. no name. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. the, that's what they do. Uh, even the fact that Tim, Tim Lee Olenfant was in this. Like, how are you going to have a space western or western in general and not have Now, did you think that, like, every, I'm sure everybody, when they said a Mandalorian on Tatooine, mm-hmm. everybody thought, oh, shit, is this Boba Fett? Well, and, they've been uh, teasing Boba Fett in the, uh, in the trailer. Or not in the trailer, but, like, in some kind of press screen yeah. or, or something I saw, they were, like, hinting at that Boba Fett was going to be in it. So I'm like... Okay, well, he's going to meet Boba Fett. And then you see this dude walk out. You're like, okay, that ain't Boba Fett. <laughs> like, that shit don't yeah. even fit him. But, you know, it's so just... For, yeah. Yeah, so for those who don't know, a quick recap of the episode. Season 2, Mandalorian, the Mando, uh, he is, he's got Baby Yoda. He's supposed to bring him back to his people. Problem is, no one knows where these people are. Um, Yoda, he don't even know where his Yoda's people are. Yoda's been dead for a while. Yeah, yeah he don't Yoda's even know where his people are. Yeah. 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 No one knows who Yoda is. Yoda's been dead for a while. This takes place after Return of the Jedi. So Mando no, don't know where he's going. So he's trying to find out where other Mandalorians are. And he gets, he, the beginning scene, he gets a tip that there's a Mandalorian on Tatooine. He goes to Tatooine to find this guy. Um, we all, of course, Star Wars fans, the old schoolers. I marked when I said, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, we all thought, oh, is this Boba Fett he's looking for? So he goes to this town. Turns out the marshal has Mandalorian armor, but he's not Boba Fett. He just has Boba Fett's armor. And um, but then there's a crate dragon attacking the town, and they have to team up with the Sand People to fight this crate dragon. And it's fucking dope. <laughs> right. And I, and I love how they did it because the the marshal was going to think like, oh, he's going to send the Sand People out there and just take care of the shit for it. Like, no. Your people are going to join in also. This is a problem for both of you. And like I said, it's, it's like the old yeah. Westerns where you got the town settlers, you know, and you got the, the outsiders and they have the team up together, you know, to do this, like see both sides of it because they don't understand each other. So Cowboys and Indians, that's what yeah. it was. <laughs> it's so yeah. shit. The so uni- I like the fact the uniting that of yeah, the, different the cultures. people who don't agree yeah. have to unite to take on a common threat. And uh, see, Mando yeah, is woke. The sand people, He's woke. And, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the sand people and, and these town people hate each other, they're attacking each other. Um, and yeah, they had to come together and uh, and reach an understanding at, to defeat this enemy. The starlight, oh, no, yeah. the big. maybe yeah, that's okay. So, yes, in the at the end, we get you know, the the uh, he explains the story of how he got Boba Fett's armor. That he ran off into the desert. He was, uh, you know, the Tatooine fell to bandits after the rebels, uh, or after the rebels uh, defeated the Empire and blew up the Death Star. So uh, Tatooine sort of went into lawlessness, 
And um, he went out in the desert and he got found by Jawas. And the Jawas had Boba Fett's armor. Oh, so, he stole he stole Boba some crystals on his way out of town, also. Yeah. So that's how he was able to pay and for the traded, armor. Yeah. yeah, traded the Jawas for Boba Fett's armor. Now, in Return of the Jedi, we all saw how Boba Fett fell into the Sarlacc pit, presumably died. Now, in the comics, in the novels, it's all non-canon now, but there is, yes, Boba Fett did survive. He did blow his way out of the Sarlacc pit and survive. That's been, you know, there's been books and, and comics written about it. That's all legends now. But obviously this show is canon, and obviously if the, if the armor got out, Boba Fett got out. And at the end of the episode, we see somebody who's probably Boba Fett. He is a clone. Now he's not a if it was a real clone, he would have been a much older. Because in the Clone Wars, they manipulated their aging. They age faster. Right. Boba Fett was an unaltered clone. So he's Which not is that how Jango old. wanted him to be, right? Yeah. So he had a natural aging process. So the clone we saw was not old. I mean, he was an adult, but he wasn't an old man like he would have been had he been a clone. Like Rex, Rex and Rebels as white hair, and you know, you know. Now they're saying he was in Return of the Jedi, the the old man with the beard and stuff. But yeah, he would have been much older if he was a clone. So it's pretty safe to say he that was Boba Fett at the end. So it, it has to be. I mean, and it's funny because yeah. that's the first time that we've ever seen Boba Fett with his mask off or his helmet off. Yep. Yeah. So well, even though other we, than the little kid, other than the little kid, yeah. I mean, and yeah. we we knew what he looked like, but it's just weird. Oh, that's what he looks like, you know? Yeah. It's just and it's he just had funny. Scars. His face right. is all scars. Because remember, he's in the pit of the sarlacc, the stomach, right. and he was getting devoured or digested over a thousand years. Now I read the story in Tales from Jabba's Palace, where inside he's inside the sarlacc pit, and there's mm -hmm. all these tentacles, and the acid is like melting him, but he's got that armor. The armor is protecting him. And he finally it finally like melted away part of his armor where he was able to like launch one of his missiles. And he that's how he blew his way out of the Sarlacc pit. So when he got out of the Sarlacc pit, he was like almost naked because the, the acid melted down his armor so much. Mm -hmm. You know, but that's like I said, it's non-canonical anymore. But uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, Clone Wars is awesome, Cliff. That's yeah, especially mm -hmm. the last season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think everything. Oh, you know what? Another thing I like about this show because a lot of times they kept saying that this is the Baby Yoda show, but Baby Yoda barely did anything in this show, and I'm so glad he didn't because it got to the point in season one he almost became like a do sex machina, where he just pulled just any powers out of his ass whenever they got in trouble. And I'm so glad they didn't do that this time. I know that you know the people are. He's a fan favorite, and he did get his moments, but they didn't baby Groot the shit out of him, and that's what right. I liked. He was just just there enough to where he wasn't annoying, you know. <laughs> right. All he did is just give um, facial expressions, you know, stuff like that. He didn't really insert himself into the plot yeah. either, because we know further down this season he's going to become integral to the plot. But this one, they just you know lay back. He's there, but he just back just making the facial expression about what he thinks was going on. Like, oh, Mando's awesome. Yeah. Okay, that's all he's doing. So yeah. I, I like that. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. Just that yeah, whole I mean, crate, that crate dragon was awesome. Yeah. I didn't even realize that that was a thing in, you know, A New Hope. And I, I know in... Oh, yeah, the like, skeleton. Uh, yeah, the skeleton. The skeleton the yeah. They said it was like a baby version. That's why this version is so much bigger. And another thing about it, they spent money on this episode. Like, you can see the Star Wars when, budget on this. 
So. Yeah, when that crate dragon started spitting up acid, I was like, oh. I was like, wow. <laughs> I just like the design of the look and when Mando exploded and stuff like that. I was like, whoa, they really spent it. Like, they spent it like Star Wars money on this show. Like, the money they would have mm-hmm. had for the movie, they spent it on this show. Which is another reason, like, like you don't you don't expect stuff like that. We've been watching, you know, Netflix shows and Amazon shows and Hellstrom and shit like that. You know, you don't expect them to, like, actually blow a budget. You know, when it shows, when you see this, you're like, whoa, okay, I wouldn't expect that. Other than Lovecraft, Lovecraft, they spend money on that shit. You can tell. Yeah. Especially yeah. with the on that. But this, I was like, wow, they spent money on this. I actually feel like I got my money's worth for this Disney Plus thing I got. So as uh, long as they keep bringing big budget stuff like that, I'm here. You know, honestly, I don't know how they're going to top top this episode uh, going <laughs> forward. <laughs> yeah, this was a, they, they came out swinging with this one. I yeah. mean, the the beginning where the, the he goes to that fight and the Gamorrean guards are fighting. Right. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, I love that, and then that whole that whole beginning, Hellstrom. It, it was not clear. It, it was not. That's just sorry. <laughs> Can I? I'm gonna review Hellstrom after this. I actually watched Hellstrom too. I'm gonna review it. Just what I think about it. Okay, but anyway, yeah. Did it scare you? Were you scared? <laughs> yes, I was. I had my blankie the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, Mando. I mean, yeah, like when when Star Wars gets it right, when they get the full when. That's what's good when someone knows the formula and -hmm. doesn't fuck with the formula too bad, too much, and it just gives you what what we want. Oh, yeah, Ahsoka's supposed to be in this. Yep. You know, uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez is direct, supposedly one of the directors this season. Mm So I'm stoked to see what he's going to do. This is right up his alley. And you know why this show works? The show works because we're Star Wars fans, but I think this show works even if you're not a Star Wars fan. Like, even if you don't get all those references, yeah. if you've never heard of a Boba Fett, you can still follow this show, still like the show, because a lot of the references, they don't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like the show stops to be like, hey, look at this. It feels like that uh, even if you don't get the reference, the show still moves forward. Like, for instance, uh, doing the speeder scene when they was going from one town to the next, and, you know, uh, and, you know, Mando's got his speeder, and then uh, Cobb, or whatever his name is, he has the pie racer. You know, one of Anakin's yeah, old Joe yeah. Vibre. Y'all like, yeah. oh shit. Yeah. So for us, that's an Easter egg nod. But if you don't know the reference and you don't think anything, you just like, why is his pie so much bigger than his speeder? It almost feel like a dick joke, you know. <laughs> you know, making fun of. So it works on both ways. And it was like pretty every every uh reference was pretty much like that. Like, even if you don't know Baba, you know that he stole that from a Mandalorian. You know that. And, you know, when he took his helmet off, everybody, if you've been following the show, you're like, oh, what the fuck? You can't take the helmet off? Even Baby Yoda was like, whoa, he took his helmet off. Yeah, yeah. But he explained all that going forward, you know. So that's why I thought the show was just awesome. Like I said, it is a space western. If you don't know anything about Star Wars, you would still like this show. Uh, If you do catch all the references, like I said, this show is for you. But either way, it works on on multiple levels for me. So Yeah. And seeing the... To new without nothing anyone yeah like i said they're getting the formula if you stick to the formula you can't Mm -hmm. fuck it up you know and um it's just giving the fan it's it i mean you can call it fan service or whatever but it Mm -hmm. that's what it is it's giving the fans what they want you know but it's also expanding the universe it's i mean i loved seeing 
the sand people and seeing what they do and their, their big giant. And, and they like, humanized them in this episode, yeah. which has never been done before. Yeah. You know? And the, their big giant crossbows and stuff. And you get, you get a glimpse into their lifestyle. I thought that was really cool. The close-ups of the Banta, that one, I just remember that fo- the, the shot where it I goes really it. extreme close up into a Banta's face. And you've never mm-hmm. seen that before. Bantas are always in the distance and stuff like that, you know? So I, I was, yeah, like I said, it's just giving the fans what they want, but it's also expanding the story and, and just seeing... And just giving you a good story. Yeah, you know? and just... Like giving you some kick-ass moments, yeah. It's fun. Like, yeah, when the, when the two sand people go up to the cave, he leave, or no, he leaves the banter there, and then he right. starts running. That shit was funny as hell, man. <laughs> <laughs> And even the sand people were like, oh, shit, that's fucked and up. He's, like, running and shit, and shit, and <laughs> he just gets eaten. I was like, oh. Because he, he knows it, he knows it's coming. He's like, oh, wait, no, no, him, him, not me. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was that was. Yeah, awesome. it was just that, yeah, the image. It was just a funny image of sa- seeing a sand person, like, <laughs> fleeing for his life. Like, you know, you know you're fucked. There's nothing you can do. You can run, but you're fucked. You know that. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah. So let's move on. And then the, the action was cool. The action, fucking the last the ten minutes of it. Yeah, like two two Mandalorian. Yeah, even though he wasn't a Mandalorian, but just watch two of them just doing action shit like that. That yeah. was just awesome. Flying you know? around with your jetpacks, the 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 marshal using Boba F- using shit that Boba Fett never did. You know right. what I mean? He was using the missile and shit. Right, you know? the little uh, top down thing, and yeah. yeah targeting system and stuff we were seeing stuff we never got to see before and that's what fans want you know right we want to see you know we want to see those moments that because star wars fans grew up with these movies we grew up playing with the toys this is such a part of our lives and we've all imagined all you know what these characters did i mean yeah three between empire strikes back and return of the jedi we idolized boba fett because he was such this mysterious character and we had him we played with the toys and we made up all these stories and then when he dies so cheaply in return of the jedi which they actually addressed in this episode because remember han solo turns around and bumps that yeah he hits him and and then he just flew off off. and then in this episode he hits he hits him it's like that's a design flaw in in in, uh because he goes flying off also in the same the same way hands waving everything Yeah. yeah it's like a reference it's a reference to Return of the Jedi. Like, yeah, Boba Fett, Boba Fett you just got to fix that thing. That's... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, like I said, or like you said, I, I loved it. I watched it multiple times already, you know. <laughs> yeah, I had to also because it was just certain scenes. I'm like, I want to watch that scene again, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so like I said, this episode was awesome. If the rest of the season is going to be like this, that's great. I don't know how they're going to top it, but, man, yeah. yeah. Give, give, me, give me more uh, give me more Mando. You know. Yep. So, uh, well, all right. So was made from Anakin. It looked like, yeah, it looked like Anakin's engine. One of Anakin's. They, they, they did it on purpose. Yeah, they definitely did it on purpose. Yeah. yeah. So, because yeah. It, if you look at Anakin podcasts, they're like that. And that's the thing. They were doing so many references. They were doing references from the prequels. Like, okay, they're doing prequel and you like the OG trilogy, they're bringing all <laughs> it together. So, yeah, that's why I was loving it. So, uh, yeah. shoot, I think we're about to go into it, man. I think we. At the at the the next part of the podcast now, the comics, okay. yeah, yeah. Let yeah, we, we're there All now. Right. Uh, like I said, this is the comic book bullies. We were talking about the comic books, and we're just gonna jump right into it. So, like I said, a bunch of stuff jumped off. Uh, I guess we're gonna start off with supposedly this was the biggest one. But let's just get this shit out the way. Uh, the book we're gonna talk about next is well, first is oh, not that shit. Yeah, the three jokers. 
Batman the Three Jokers. Let's oh, talk about that one. I, I did not read this, so that have you been yeah. even following the story, or you just like I, I read the first it. issue and said fuck it. <laughs> I, I, I should have did what you did <laughs> anyway. Uh, let's just jump into this thing. Uh, so, Bay, like I said, this is actually the last the last issue. There's only three issues, so we're done. So to catch you back up, there are three Jokers, and to say who the Jokers are is you have the com- c- criminal, you have the co- the clown. And you have the comedian. Now, the clown is dead. Uh, Red Hood shot him in the fucking face. So he's done. So now you still have the other two, the criminal and the comedian, running around all, all this. So what happened in the last issue, uh, the criminal, who's the old Joker, kidnapped Joe Chill. So, and they're trying to find out where Joe Chill is doing that. You know, uh, Batman, Red Hood, and Batgirl are teaming up together. And that team up goes about as well as you think it is. Basically, Jason saying the same bullshit he was saying back in Red Hood. Why don't you kill the Joker? I can't kill the Joker because killers kill killers, and I do that. And one killer's left, and you're like, "Well, fuck! Why'd you kill him then? <laughs> you say you won't do that shit and kill him, you know?" So, fuck all that. Go to the next one. Uh, they Batman goes to Blackgate to where Joe Chill was kidnapped, and he sees all these letters that Joe Chill been writing to Bruce Wayne because he's been trying to apologize to Bruce Wayne. But the problem is. Joe Chill dropped out of school in thir- at 13, so he barely can write. So it's not very coherent like he wants it to be. Um, meanwhile, while he's looking through that stuff, he actually finds a letter to Batman. But it's painted a little bit differently than the other ones are, so he knows who wrote that. Joker wrote it and slipped it in there. And so I'm trying to see if I can find it. Ah, can't find it. Anyway, so they find out where it is, and it's a clue. Uh, he has two tickets to Monarch Theater. So obviously he know whatever goes down is about to go to Monarch Theater because shit always goes down to Monarch Theater, you know. So let's show the beginning. This is actually a pretty awesome picture right here. You can see Joker. Uh, then, now this is before he fixes it because Joker actually fixes up Monarch Theater. And I want to show you that panel also because it's pretty awesome too. Oh, here we go. That's the one I was trying to show you. Uh, he looks in there and he sees the he sees one Bruce Wayne. Then he sees one slipped into Batman, but it's like pain different, so he knows it was a Joker. And I'm going to find out. And that's when he finds two tickets, Mark of Zorro, to, you know, to Monarch Theater. So he, when he gets to Monarch Theater, here we go. This panel right here. Look, I'm, I'm going to give this book credit for the art, if nothing else, because that art was amazing. One Night Only, New Joker at Monarch Theater right there. Uh, he's telling Batgirl, you do this. Red Hood, you did, because basically the Bat family had, you know, call signs and shit, like, like they're in the fucking army, you know. Uh, so when he goes there... It's he finds Joe Chill, he finds the the criminal or whatever, you know, behind the projector because and basically he's trying to get him to confess to Batman who really killed Batman. But anyway, the point is Joe uh the Joker is trying to turn Joe Chill into the new Joker. Why is he doing this? The reason he's doing this is because he feels like the new Joker, whoever the Joker should be should be closest to Batman. Like, he should mean something to Batman instead of just being some faceless figure that Batman doesn't know anything about, you know. Uh, but Batman's like, well, Joe Chill got cancer. Why, why are you going to make him new Joker? And like, I bet you when I drop him in his vat of acid, uh, he'll, that, that uh, cancer will be eliminated from his body and he'll be sane again, you know. So, oh, here's an awesome panel of Red Hood. Because there are a whole bunch of other Joker clowns at the bottom fighting him, and Red Hood just going nuts, just fighting the shit out of him, shit like that. A lot of cool shots in this in this comic. Well, a lot of cool panels in this comic also. Even though the story is just whatever. Uh, anyway, we get down to it. Joe Chill 
Joke is about to drop Joe Chill into the vat of acid. Uh, Batman catches him, of course, you know. Uh, and then when he gets to the end of it, Batman actually saves Joe Chill, and then outside of it, he forgives him for what he did. So that was, I guess, a thing. So, oh, here's another uh, awesome panel right here. So, like I said, he saves Joe Chill, exits Monarch Theater, and Joker and kicks Joker out. So the Monarch Theater has been destroyed again in like the last, like twice already in like two months. They just keep building this shit over and over again, even though it's been abandoned the whole time. <laughs> so I guess none of this shit makes any sense. But anyway, uh, he forgives Joe Chill. And the, oh, yeah, got to show you this. This is a big spoiler. Like I said, uh, while he's laughing, the old Joker, who is the criminal, has dynamite strapped to his chest. And he's like, oh, no, it's not going to it's going to end the way I want it to end. So he's about to blow all of them up to the smithereens. And before he can do that, he gets shot in the head by the other Joker, <laughs> the comedian. So he's the last one left. <laughs> As a matter of fact, he thought it was Jason that shot, but it was the last com- uh, the comedian shot. So it's only one Joker left. He's the last Joker. He basically being whole kind of confusing whether or not he created the old Joker or the old Joker created him. And the whole point he's doing all this shit is because he wants Batman to forgive Joe Chill so he can be Batman's greatest enemy or greatest uh, regret and stuff like that. Here's also an interesting panel panel also that happens. Uh... Yeah, almost done. (laughs) We're we're getting close to the end. Uh, But this actually may be something that happens or maybe something that happens. Commissioner Gordon and Batgirl talk right before the whole thing ends. And and Commissioner Gordon is telling Batgirl, look, I don't mind you working with with Batman. But Red Hood, he's dangerous. You need to stay away from him. And Batgirl says to him, look, I'm grown enough to do whatever I want to. Dad. And then drives off. So (laughs) Control. (laughs) Classic song. So basically, the secret is out. But but it's a this supposed to be like a huge moment, Eli. It's supposed to be like uh you know the wham moment. Yeah, like when Janet Jackson said they should have Janet did control. <laughs> yeah, I get. Uh, one more awesome panel. Joker saying yeah, I should be your arch enemy. I should be the big dude anyway. But anyway, whole point. The big spoiler at the end when Alfred and Joker, uh, Alfred and Batman talk to each other. I'm almost done. Yeah. I'm almost done. <laughs> I'm powering through this. Uh, at the end, Alfred and Batman talk to each other, and Joker's saying, well, I guess we'll never figure out who Joker really is. And Batman says, I've known who Joker is since the first week he came out. They're like, wait, what? Yeah, I've always known his identity. They're like, why the fuck you didn't tell anybody? The reason I didn't tell anybody is because of his family. And we go back to that family that was in the killing joke. The one that was supposed to have been dead, supposed to have been dead, uh, killed. Apparently, Joker was abusive to them before he flipped out. And she basically got the winning program to leave him before the baby was born. So Joker has no idea where they are, even if still alive. And Batman is doing this all on purpose to hide Joker's identity. Because if they find out who Joker's identity is, they're going to find out who his wife and kid identity is. So... There's a complete retcon of some shit that never happened. So the end. I'm trying. What? What now? I'm trying to. <laughs> okay. All right. I know I kind of flew through it at the end. The uh, yeah. Batman. Basically, Batman is saying he knows who Joker is. He's always known who Joker's uh, true identity is. And it's that and comedian he, from the Killing Joke. 
No, right, but he's saying he knows his real name. Like, he knows okay. everything about the Joker. But he kept it secret from everybody. The Bat Family, Alfred, Commissioner Gordon, everybody. So he had a pregnant wife, right? Right, but so, in the killing joke in that story, she died with the baby. Okay. So this is a retcon saying that she left him and faked her own death in Alaska. She's, she's in witness protection. Right, and she's so been the there. Kid? Who's the kid? Damien? Some, <laughs> Joker Jr. Don't forget Joker. <laughs> the Joker's bombshell. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that was the thing about that one. So that was the big thing. Honestly, at the end of the day, this story does not matter. No Batman story working right now is going to reference the story ever again. Jeff Johns might not even write a Batman story again because everybody in DC hates him right now. Uh, like so I said, why, throwing... why was there three Jokers? <laughs> okay, there were. <laughs> I don't care. I, I don't, really don't, I don't know. It. Honestly, I don't. <laughs> it don't even really matter at this point because why he made his use for it, he didn't even acknowledge it himself. So no, this book is complete. I kind of wish it was a crisis on Infinite Joker. Right. Like Joker's just everywhere. But nah, they're just saying that there were a bunch of Jokers, but they weren't a bunch of Jokers, and he made some Jokers at the last minute, and he's making a new Joker because another pops up. None of this matters. That's the thing. None of this matters. This is a complete throwaway story. Remember he called him Bruce. Yeah, Joker already knows who Bruce is. That's that's the thing. That's whatever. So, yeah, so Joker, this doesn't matter. Uh, this story doesn't matter. It's a complete retcon. So not only does it not matter, it changes shit that did matter. Because why would his wife run away from him when he wasn't even the Joker yet? And plus, all he was was just some shitty comedian. He wasn't a wife beater. She acted like she loved him uh, doing that whole thing. And plus, we didn't even know if that story was even real with the way Alan Moore's told us. Whole story. He and he didn't even want to go on that robbery. The fucking... The they even, they made him like, go. Red, 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 right. Yeah, they made him go. Like, this, like I said, this story doesn't make any sense. Overall, this story, <laughs> three out of five. Give me a three out of five. Only going to get three out of five for the artwork. <clears throat> Strict for the artwork, that's it. Jeff Johns completely fucked this story to hell. It's another Joker story that, do we really need another one? Like, damn. Anymore. No, we really didn't. We didn't. That's the thing. We don't need another Joker story. It's getting redemption returns at this point. We just yeah. had Joker War. Which damn they had the same story. <laughs> <laughs> so like that, had, that had joker zombies in it right. this had joker zombies in it <laughs> i just skipped over that shit but that was in it too joker so. was digging up corpses and shit and turned them into jokers and they that had to show crazy. that in monarch theater whatever right so it's like mm -hmm. what's the point and red hood and bad girl yeah, was in that one the too Snyder cut playing at the monarch theater and like why this look they just he gave jeff johnson he didn't go home and fuck the prom queen Right. Hold oh, no, on, let me see that one. Right. He didn't do that. So overall, this story does not matter. The clo the faster we forget this story ever existed, the better. This will not be referenced again. <laughs> I don't want to see any asshole bring a scan from this book and drop it online and say, well, in Joker, whatever, this happened. No, it didn't happen. This book never happened. Men in Black, this shit from your mind. I know we banned Will Smith, but technically that's a comic, so we, we can say that shit. So, never happened. <laughs> Three out of five. Move on from that. Uh, what, what else you got, Eli? Well, since we're talking about Batman, I'll just get detectives out of the way. Okay, hopefully this is better. Uh, detectives 1029. 
So this happens after the Joker War. Mm-hmm. And we are introduced to this guy, the Mirror Guy. Um, <clears throat> what's his name? The, his, I think his name is just The Mirror, right? Okay. Yeah, I think, I think what they call him, The Mirror. Yeah, The Mirror. He's some anti-vigilante uh, uh, dude. And he's swearing to Gotham that, you know, we got to get rid of all these masked vigilantes because all they're doing is fucking up the city. You know, all they're doing is inviting these supervillains to do crazy crap in Gotham and the people of Gotham suffer for it. So we need to get rid of all, uh, all masks, all masked vigilantes. Isn't he a masked vigilante? And he's also he references and he references uh, what's his name Nakano the the uh, uh, who's running for mayor. He's a cop who's running for mayor. Right. And he has and a strong other mayor because of Joker War. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a strong. He's this Nakano, the mayor, guy running for mayor, has a strong anti-vigilante uh, uh, stance. Um, so yeah, and then we cut to Bruce. He's moving. He, remember, he's moving out of Wayne Manor. He's going to move to the hood. Right. You know? brownstone. <laughs> a brownstone in the hood. Buy a whole brownstone to himself. <laughs> move everybody out. <laughs> he's going to move in. <laughs> so, oh, but it shows him he's going through Alfred's, um, Alfred's room. And he's like packing up stuff, reminiscing about Alfred and stuff. Kind of, you know. And, and then we cut to uh, Bruce. Uh, he's Bat. It's time to be Batman. And he, he's going around. Hello, you there? Um, uh, foiling a bank robbery. He's yeah, I'm here. Okay, he uh, got hooked up for us. Uh, oh, you good? You good? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, you there? Yeah, because uh, like the internet is uh, yeah, you're like frozen right now. Are you there? Disappearing. Yeah, me or you? Because I guess I'm good on my end, but yeah, your end, you're like frozen right now. So, hello. Wow. Okay. All right. So, uh, hopefully Eli will come back in. Seems like he's frozen right now. I know he was doing direct. I got full bars. Yeah. You keep like disappearing. I keep disappearing. Okay. Well, we'll see how it go. Let's see who was yeah. real Spider Man like when he went on patrol. <laughs> oh yeah, it does feel like Spider Man. Okay, you good now? You good now? Seems like you good. All right. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It says I got full bars. Maybe maybe it was my end. I don't know. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Back to review. All right. All right. So where was I? Oh yeah. So Batman's chasing these bank robbers with his bat cycle, but somebody shoots out his t- the tires on the bat cycle. You know, and he's like, what the hell? So then he has to like, uh, you know, run it, go after him with his, you know, swing after him with his batarangs and shit. And he, he foils the bank robbers and shit. And he's like wondering what the hell happened? Who's shooting at my tires? And then it cuts to this like a uh, fundraiser on this, on this yacht. And uh, the, the mayor, the, the guy running for mayor, you know, he's, he's uh, doing fundraising. And Bruce is like, maybe I, maybe I better, you know, I can do better as Bruce Wayne and try to influence the, uh, You know, do you know shit and went and did it again. 
Yeah, I saw it again. It's, it's like you just went out and it was it. Yeah, connected, secured. Yeah, I'm checking my, yeah. Properties. Cliff, how, how we sound over um, there? What, what what are you hearing over there? So for, yeah, it says everything's fine. Mm, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's on my it's end. It's, it's for, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I got full signal, it says. Okay. All right. Well, let me try. Let me like, is there anything else open? I don't know. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I don't know. But all right. So anyways, uh, the, the yacht gets, gets attacked by some like, uh, like terrorists or whatever. And they're like robbing everybody and shit. And, um, yeah, something she says I'm freezing, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, you're good know. now, so uh. yeah. <clears throat> now, if the storm's coming in, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. We had that th those thunderstorms that one night, and uh, my internet kept going out. But I don't know; it's clear out tonight. But so, anyways, some bank robbers or whoever they show up and hijack the fucking yacht, and they're robbing everybody. And then Nightwing shows up and beats the shit out of everybody and saves, basically saves the day. You know. <clears throat> And the mayor, the guy running for mayor, is still like, yo, we got to get rid of fucking uh, these uh, vigilantes. And they're like, really? Nightwing just came and, like, saved everybody. Why, you know, what's up? And shit. He's like, nope, vigilantes got to go. And uh, so then at, at the end, we see uh, Bruce back at Wayne Manor, and he goes to the Batcave. And then um, uh, he sees, like, his chair is a little isn't in the right position. He's like, I always leave my, my chair at four o'clock and now it's moved. So somebody's been in here. And then he noticed he has this case book, the black case book that with all his information. Oh, in. so he brought the black case book back. Yeah. And he's like, oh, and the pages are empty. This isn't the case book. So somebody must have taken the case book. And then at the last page, it shows Damien. He's got the fucking case book and he, it says elsewhere, you know, and it's so Damien. How is, Damien's how is got he the dressed? case book. How is he dressed? Uh, he's kind of, he he's kind of looked Robin, like, uh, so. he, he looked, he kind of looks like a fucking, uh, uh, um, a League of Shadow guy. Uh, where is he? Right oh, there. He's kind of in that. Those, those oh, yeah, the old, like when he, like when he first started. Okay. So he's going yeah, back. Yeah, League of Assassins, back. you know, yeah. kind of like that, you know, kind of like spoiler, you know. Okay. Like he, like he looked when he first came out. Yeah. When he was with yeah. uh, Talia, with his mom. Okay. So. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I enjoyed this, you know, it's, it's just, you know. Batman being Batman and doing Batman shit and you know and just something some shit's happening and you know there's a mystery we don't know what and we, sets up a pretty cool story so I don't know I'll give it a four out of five so cool okay the mirror he looked like looking glass from that HBO yeah. Uh, mirror Watchmen. guy yeah <laughs> they could call him mirror guy but yeah <laughs> yeah all right let's see what we're gonna do okay so normally <laughs> on the podcast we've been doing for like last two three months of like that we do Batman first we do X Men second. But we're going to switch up a little bit. But we will keep doing mutants. Ah. All right. So we're going to oh, switch shit. it up. Yeah, we're going to switch it up. So this is actually a, a highly anticipated book we've been talking about for a while. And this is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And you know why we're talking about fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Because you filthy casual. It start off as a comic. And plus, the original comic creators are back to writing the book. Let's see what we got here. Uh, the lot always different. Yes, so. 
Let's see. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, this is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin. What is so special about this book? This is a story that was actually written 30 years ago, but it was never, uh, it never officially came out. And the story was like written in the 80s, like 87, 89, something like that. And it was actually set in 2020, in the future, where all the turtles are dead except one. Which one is it? We don't know until we get to the end of this book. So let's go to it and just find out exactly what's going on. So the book starts off with, uh, like I said, we're just going to call him Ronin. We're going to call him Ronin or Turtle, whatever you're going to call him. He's going through this sludge footage. You can see like the, oh, no, you can't because I didn't put the thing on there. There you go. All right. You can see like the I guess that's the Washington Bridge in the background like that. You can see it or a bridge. He's going through the sludge. Apparently it's so corrupt. No, no human can go through that one. But he can. So this is a map of Manhattan. Manhattan has completely been walled off onto itself. Notice. And I'm going to do that right there. There is a huge tower right there. That's where Ronan is trying to get to that tower in the middle of the city right there. So he's going to get there. He is climbing the wall. Wish for death. I'm trying to get this, see if we can get there. It's just some awesome. It's actually not a whole lot of dialogue in this book. It's just a lot of just kinetic action going on, which action. I love. Yeah, yeah. He's just which being I a love. Ninja. He's being a ninja. He's just infiltrating everything. Shuriken. He has shuriken yeah. in his hands. He's yeah. just breaking into shit. Yeah. Sneaking yeah. his way into the fucking, you know, into the fucking base. Yeah. See, what the thing is, this book overall, it sets up the world. It sets up, the, it doesn't really set up the turtle mythology like they set the world where they're in right now they're in this apocalyptic future you know uh oh and just to show you like ronin has all of their weapons yeah. like i said all the dead all his dead brothers were and his brothers talk to him also I'm yeah he's hearing their voices yeah yeah we don't know if they're ghosts we don't know if it's a hallucination like i said all the weapons he got them on on them at all times he uses them all at the same time i'm trying to see if i can get to the panel where uh you can see there. Oh, not here. Is when he's in the alley, right here. Yeah, there you can see his dead brothers behind him talking to him all the time, and they're giving him advice. Sometimes they talk shit to him, you know, all the stuff like that. While he's using all the all their weapons to get the jump. So, what is he here for? Why is he here in this caged off Manhattan? Because he is here for Oroko Huroto. Now, for those of you. Up on your turtle's lore, that name should sound familiar because Oroko Saki is the Shredder. So Oroko Hiroto is Shredder's grandson, of course, Karai's son also. So that's what's going on right now. And you got these Jojo-looking motherfuckers right here. I think one of them named Jones. I think that's Jones right there. Who is Jones? She shows up later on, but we don't really know. Much well, like a Jojo. I don't know. Well, well, Jones, you know, Casey Jones. She's probably related to Casey Jones. Right. Related to Casey Jones, but they just look like anime JoJo's. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they're, they're like referencing, they're referencing like Escape from New York. They're referencing Akira. They're referencing like a the lot. Dark like, Returns. The Dark Knight Returns. And like even Star Wars with the, the, the robots are saying Roger Roger and shit, you know? Right. And, and yeah. that's the thing what the Turtles always is. You're like we always talk about Star Wars, like Star Wars is a high spot for the stuff. That's what the Ninja Turtles is. The Ninja Turtles is a high spot. The Ninja Turtles at its heart, and I'm going to show you this because this was an awesome ass panel right here also. When uh, Ronin jumps off the motorbike, has dynamite stuck to it, uh, flips on it, boom carries the weight off that that's just it's some awesome shots in here man it's just some awesome yeah. shot like even though it's just it's light on story it lets you know what the hell is going on oh uh, let's see what's going on 
you know, Stir Katie got there, the book that wouldn't sell multiple comic shops. Who knew? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now they're millionaires doing this stuff. So, uh, but the point is, he's trying to get to Oroko Huroto because Oroko Huroto, we don't know what Oroko Huroto did, but we can kind of guess that he killed all the turtles except one. And Splinter also, Splinter's also dead. Yeah. You know. Um, and like I said, oh, just, and he's fighting all these Robocop, Robo Ninjas. Uh, yeah. He's got these batons. That was never a thing before, but that's like his primary weapons he's using right now. I wonder if those are Casey Jones, because Casey Jones used like all those sports equipment and shit. Well, he's like hockey oh, sticks. The, like, oh, like those uh, tonfas or whatever. Yeah, those. Yeah, are, like, tom- night sticks, like yeah, like yeah. night sticks, like police. Yeah. Okay, so Oroko, who wrote to uh, Shredder Junior. Let's call him Shredder Junior. Whatever, like that. He has cyborg robots, and Ronan don't care. He just takes his fucking head off, even though the dude used to be human. <laughs> like I said, the turtles are fucking ruthless. They've always have been. Uh, yeah. Let's the see. Stockman can... Tech, where he sends out the Stockman Tech. Yes, the Mousers. The Mousers from there also, from back to Stockman. Yep, they're flying and shit. Yeah, even this, uh, so many, man, so many awesome shots in this book, man. Like this one where he jumps off the train, off the bullet train. Yeah, and he lands the on the future, all those hover cars and shit. They're all I, was thinking, I was thinking of Star Wars again. <laughs> you know, oh, the so prequels. Yeah, yeah Star Wars. Yeah. I We've seen this so many times. Fifth Element. Whatever yeah, you want to say, it's, it's all that stuff. Flying cars. Flying cars. Flying cars. Yeah. We've seen a yeah. bunch of them, you know. Yeah. While he's doing it, his brother's Blade still Runner. talking. Yeah, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Yeah, his brother's still talking shit to him. You never were good at flying. You never could fly straight, uh, 10 feet straight, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, anyway, he finally, when he finally gets close to him, he keeps telling Oroku, bring your ass out here. Come find me. He's like, is that a Ninja Turtle? I thought I killed all you guys, you know. So, he doesn't fight him anymore. He just sends, like, goons at the goons at the goons. Ronan takes a bunch of them out. Then it's when the mouses come out, but they got like the big robot mouses. Oh, this. This fucking panel right here. This might be my favorite panel of like uh, of the night. <laughs> totally old school fucking Eastman Laird shit. It right really there. is. Because the thing yeah. about Eastman and Laird, I'm going to just hang on this panel for a second. Because the thing about Eastman and Laird is that this whole Ninja Turtles thing is a love letter to Frank Miller. Frank Miller Comics. Yeah. That's what it all is because they were dark, gritty. That's what they were doing. But they were like, let's do it with some like cartoon animals, you know. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that's what they do. So whenever the, the Ninja Turtles fight like other like cows and rodents and rats and shit like that, you know, alligators, or I, it, it, it throws me off. That, that kind of defeats the point of you turn into another fucking cartoon. This supposed to be like some realistic ninja shit just with cartoon animals, even though they're fighting like robots and cyborgs and shit. But still, that's what it's supposed to be. He's throwing like smoke bombs and shit because that's what they do. And here's the thing. The one big mouser takes his ass out. It's like one big mouser he can't take and it throws him out the window. So he falls all the way down. Yeah, here we go. No, that's not it. Uh, Anyway, he falls all the way down from the building all the way to the ground. But he doesn't die. He's fucked up. But he doesn't die. Yeah, he's fucked up. Yeah. He's fucked up. Like, I didn't know the Ninja Turtles could survive falling out of a skyscraper, but I guess Well, they're can. shells. I'm sure their shells absorb most of the. He didn't land on his shell. <laughs> he landed on his face. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm nitpicking. I'm nitpicking. <laughs> anyway, he, he, he managed to get up, even though he's like completely fucked up. He managed to get up, crawls to the nearest sewer, and gets down to the bottom. And of course, uh, that Jones girl sees him and she follows him down there, you know, to see what the hell's going on. Uh, and he realized what's going on is that he failed his brother. He failed his family. Yeah. Uh, so he's just like, I'm going to commit Sipiku. Now, if you're not up on anime. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. You know, how to carry a sip of coup. Hey, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, yeah. ritual suicide. Well, obsessed. Yeah. There's the there ones like ritual, ones like just the common term for commoners. Right. But we won't obsess. <laughs> we won't. We're not going to do like we did on that uh, last podcast where you brought up a comic book movie and we talked about the between anime and manga for like five minutes. <laughs> We're not going to do that. <laughs> uh, anyway, he gets ready to do it. He gets ready to, to stab himself, you know, in ritual suicide. Hey, what's fucked up, what I thought was fucked up is he's using uh, Leo's broken sword. Right, do. because he drew, he used the sword and he broke the sword during the fight. So I guess yeah. he dishonored, you know, the family. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, and right before he could do it, that's when the Jones girl comes out. But he's so beat up from the fight he had, you know, getting up to the tower, he passes out before he can kill himself. So he wakes up. Uh, all his brothers are surrounding him. They're sitting there talking, they're talking shit to him. He's like, no, nah, it ain't time for you to be here yet. You can't be with us yet. You got shit to do. Like, nah, my fight's over. We done. I lost. You're like, nah, you got to go back out there. So when we go back out there, that's when he we wakes still don't up. Know who it is yet? Yeah. Still don't know who it is yet. So when he wakes up, he sees April O'Neil. April O'Neil is still alive, and she tells him like, and because he's still talking to his dead brothers, and she just like he's a loose lane. He's like, who are you talking to, Michelangelo? You know, I'm trying to see if I can span this. So, so that's who it is. The last morning, yeah, is Michelangelo. And that's, that's who I guessed the whole time. Yeah, and that's the saddest. That's so tragic. Right, because yeah. he's the jokester. He's the baby. He's, he's the youngest. Yeah. He's the little brother. He's you know? the one who's always party on, dude, and like, you know, cow but He was, yeah, he was the jokester. He was the prankster. He was the embodiment of a teenage boy. Right. He's you know, also like, the one Splinter said had the most potential if he loving. ever took himself seriously. Yeah, fun-loving. And to see him just be brooding and full of rage, this whole mm-hmm. issue was like kind of it was it was, it was kind of sad at the end i was like oh but, shit it's mike because we all we we said that it'd be fucked up if it was mike and then it was mike at the end i'm like oh man it is mike damn but, that I sucks mean, <laughs> narrative narrative wise it makes the most sense it does it does yeah. you know because yeah. raf raf yeah raf is he's pissed off right he's know, a badass we've seen yeah. him go be a loner be a badass we've seen that shit. yeah you know, Leo, of course, Leo could do it. You know, yeah, Donatello. He's so you know, he's very analytical. And but, but they were saying, oh, it might be the sister that they, this new one that they just. We we not we, we that we not gonna talk about that. Yeah, I don't... but this was yeah, <laughs> but this but like you said, this was written like years ago. So this is before right. she was ever thought of. So yeah, right. the fact that it's Mike really makes it a tragedy. You know, right? Because here's the thing: with Eastman and Lad, they've already said Mike was always their favorite. He was Matter the first fact, one. He, he, he was, was the, the first, first one. one. He was yeah. the first one. Like when they yeah. came up with the concept of it, he was the first one they drew. So it would just yeah. make sense that if this is the last turtle story, he would be the one that they would have. Mm-hmm. So, so it just makes sense. So, yeah, awesome story. I'm I'm digging this story. I want to see where it goes further. It was a big meaty story with just a bunch of just cinematic panels. And I would love it. It was light on story, but I didn't care. I was digging. It I was, was loving the story. It was what 40, 50 pages, but it 40, was 50 pages of so not, not, it was so right. brisk. It was just nothing but action. Like I said, just him being a ninja, just infiltrating right. fucking motherfuckers up, sneaking, spying, you know, espionage, ninja assassin. You know, he was just that's all it was. Right. You know, you know what's funny about it? Because I'm reading like the comments on the page. They're like, I've never known the turtles to be this dark before. I'm like, <laughs> 
<laughs> Y'all got to keep up with this shit. That's where they started. Yeah. <laughs> they started doing this fucked up shit. Yeah. <laughs> they only got commercialized later on, you know, in the 80s when, you know, in the cartoons and pieces and shit like that. But now, nah, in the early 80s comics, they was just killing motherfuckers left, right, yeah. chopping heads off and shit, ninja I, shit. I got into them about a year before the cartoon came out. And that was only oh, like, because... Yeah. That was only because of the band Anthrax. That you know, those guys were all geeks and the nerds. They were sing- their, their songs. They were singing about you know horror movies and, and and Judge Dredd. That's how I first heard of Judge Dredd. And I remember a couple of them. They had Ninja Turtles on their guitars. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how I first heard. I was, what the fuck are those? And then I heard it was a comic book. So yeah, it was about a year before the fucking uh, cartoon came out. And then the cartoon came out. I'm like, oh Jesus, what the hell is this crap? <laughs> right, <laughs> but image came out. Ninja Turtles was the best-selling uh, independent comic yeah. of all. Yeah, those original Ninja Turtle comics were dope. I had like one. I had like a fifth printing or fifth or sixth printing of number one, mm-hmm. and um, I fucking I'm so stupid. I traded it for that fucking Leatherhead one shot. Oh, shit. Uh, I'm such an idiot. I shouldn't have did that. I wish I it was the fifth printing. <laughs> so it's probably worth a lot right, right now. It was the fifth printing. So it, you know, at the time, it probably wasn't worth much. But now it was probably worth much because I bagged and boarded shit back then. So the fifth printing of fucking Ninja Turtles number one. Now, man, it's probably worth at least 20. <laughs> <laughs> we can retire. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. College. <laughs> like nah. Yeah. Uh let's see. What what what'd you get? Oh, yeah, I slept scoring. I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna get a four point five out of five. I can't give it a five because I know the story is I, I need to know where the story's going. I didn't know what Oroko who wrote those deal is, why is he keeping Karai in like some cryo chamber? I need to know this stuff. I need to know what happened to the turtles. That's why I'm gonna give it a four point five right now. Yeah. Yeah, I give it a four out of five. I, I I enjoyed it. Like I said, it was a really brisk, fun read, you know. Yeah. You know. So. so give me more of this. I'm I'm there. Like I said, yeah. we we had to knock X Men off the top spot to put that in. <laughs> I'm for that. I'm don't mind. Doing that. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, I'll, I'll go with Shang Chi number two. Cool. Since okay. We're talking about martial arts and shit. So I, I I'm digging this book. Um, I, I, am too. I am too. Yeah. Uh, so we got Shang Chi, the return of Shang Chi. Turns out, um, he his family, his father was part of the five. Five Weapons Society or something like that they were called. Yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, he had a sister back in the day named uh, Shing, no, uh, Shang Hua. Shang Hua or something. Yeah. And it, it starts out, this book starts out with there's like a flashback of him and his little sister, you know, back in the, you know, back in China, his father's training in his father's cult of Kung Fu masters. And they sneak into like some forbidden room and there's a bunch of dead bodies and he's doing some weird zombie vampire shit to him. And then the father catches him. He's like, you, I told you not to be in here. You can't be in here. You disobeyed me. And uh, Shang-Chi's like, hey, it's all my fault. Go easy on her. And so he starts choking Shang-Chi and he's a little kid. Right. And then uh, the, the sister like takes a hammer and hits, hits the... Dad over the head. Head. Like, damn it. I don't know. Happened again. I heard it that time. <laughs> Seems to happen on all my reviews. <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, uh, 
Shang-Chi thinks the dad kills his sister. So he thinks she's dead this whole time. So we, we grow up, you know, there's a, um, he's with that, what's her name? Wu, the M6, M, M16. Yeah, M16 agent, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, they're infiltrating uh, this, uh, this um, castle, I think Russia or whatever, to go find this five society, the, the House of Hammers or whatever. And um, they, he beats up some of the guards, you know. Tells oh, yeah, he, he also does autopilot to send her out of there, even though he's about to go fight an army. He decides to get rid of her so he can fight them by himself. Yeah, he's talking shit to him. You, you, you know, you train your whole life and you suck. You should go bake cookies or something. You know, talking <laughs> like this guy is okay. You suck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he finds he finds his sister Shang Shang Chi and Shang Hua have the moment, and you think they're about to fight, but they end up hugging. I thought I thought that was pretty sweet. They, they end up hugging, each little other sister, like big brother. Yeah. 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 I'll show the panel while he's freezing. There we go. You think they're enemies that, you know, that's really weird. I can still hear you while that's happening. I don't know. Yeah, when it happens, show a visual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Keeps me going, got your issue. Oh, yeah, that's old school. We know Cliff got them all. Yeah. So yeah, so they're at dinner, they're eating and shit, and they he's they're eating he crystal says, cake. Uh, his favorite uh, crystal cake and shit. Because um, that's they were stealing. She's explaining uh, when they were younger, yeah, yeah, when they were kids, that's what they were trying to steal. So mm -hmm. um, she's explaining to him about the whole house of weapons and and how the the father's spirit chooses the leader of this of this cult, and the the spirit chose. Shang Chi, which pisses her off because you know, even though Shang Chi were enemies with his dad and supposedly killed him in an old story, um, she he still favors him over her, and so she's mad. So she poisons the fucking cakes, and he's like dying or whatever, and he's having all these weird visions of uh seeing his dead dad as a zombie and shit. I thought that was a pretty cool panel, you know. Yeah, that panel right there, that, that one, yeah, cool. boy, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then he's having all these weird visions. And at one point in his mind or whatever, he's fighting these like hopping vampires, which I thought was dope. Like these vampires. Well, I thought they were zombies. Yeah. Well, they have fangs like they're because they have now in Kung Fu, in martial arts movies, there's like a genre called the hopping vampire uh, movies. And they, they're just vampires that hop and you got to put like a talisman on their forehead to destroy them and stuff. They're, they're, they're hopping vampires. It's just like uh, a genre, uh, a little subgenre, you know, of okay. kung fu movies. So that's cool. I thought that was cool. Where he's <laughs> fighting the, the vampires and they're like throwing throwing hands at him and shit. And he's like beating <laughs> space. It was just a weird, cool fight, you know. And then, um, but then he comes out of it, and it's those uh, that other cult, the 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 daggers or the house of the well, daggers, it, it, right? His brother and sister, his other brother and sister. Yeah, they they come and they sort of they they bum rush the show and save him, and they and they take him away, and it's weird, but he still have it's really weird as if he is he still hallucinating because he's, he's like seeing, bleeding rainbows out of his. Yeah, he's like bleeding space or something like yeah. outer space is falling out of it. It's like really weird. So um, we don't know if that's all a hallucination or what, but uh, yeah. The father's begging him to come visit, you know. So, and then we, to be continued. And I, I thought it was dope. I was digging this 
story, you know. Hey, the whole time I was listening to Wu Tang in the back, you know, <laughs> just get that feel. Yeah, yeah. Poison. Mystery chest boxing, all this stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, I was feeling it. It was giving me that vibe from it. I was I was enjoying yeah. it. Because the thing is, like I said, Shang Chi, as far as we know, don't have any superpower. He's just a dude that just knows kung fu. And he just yeah. does kung fu shit the whole time. Like, like the shit I want to find that other panel, like when they when they shot down his parachute. And it made it seem like he oh, was yeah, bouncing yeah, yeah. from tree to tree. He was like yeah. jumping from tree to tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like right there. They fuck up his parachute right there. Yeah. And then, yeah, he's like just, yeah, just like jumping. Like some fucking. Bobby Digital, baby. <laughs> like some yeah. old school. Uh, yeah. Old school. Where is it? I can't. Yeah, right, right. there. He's just hopping from tree to tree. And that's that shit. That's callbacks to old, those new age kung fu fantasies of the early 90s that inspired uh crouching tiger hidden dragon like that you know all that shit you see in crouching tiger hidden dragon that shit was done in the 90s throughout the hong kong cinema you know m- movies like fucking uh uh bride with white hair and, and woo warriors from the magic mountain where the people where they're just like they're flying around duel to the death they're literally flying around sword fighting in the air shit that inspired big trouble in little china that they were doing all that shit for years before people in America, you know, heard about that shit. So yeah, I love that. And I'm like I said, I'm a huge kung fu fan. So yeah, I was really digging this. And it's cool to see, you know, that there's like actual real representation. Like there's real, right. you know, like there's it's all Asian artists, and you can tell that they know the genre and they're familiar right. with Right. The and genre. they're doing callback. And look at the art on this, man. Yeah. That's the thing. Like some of these panels just look like beautiful. I'm trying to look at the other panel where with Lei Fei, Shang, whatever that chick's name is, when they entered the, into the castle, that shit just looked beautiful. That was like one of my favorite pictures, uh, favorite panels. Let's see if I can find it. Um, damn it, I missed it. Yeah, but yeah, just but, to see, just to see the hopping vampires, I'm like, wow, that's like. See, I didn't even I didn't even know about that. Yeah, yeah. this panel right here. This panel right here. This is. Just, just oh, to look, yeah. it just look amazing, man. Just yeah. when you see it, so yeah. Like I said, they they really did. I, I'm I'm digging this book. I'm digging the hell yeah, out of this book. Yeah, me too. That's 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 dope. Yeah. So all right, <laughs> give it a four out of five. Uh, because I'm about this basing your review. Uh, Cliff, definitely check it out. It's different than the old stuff because, like I said, the old stuff were pretty much just James Bond movies or James Bond's comics, just with Shang Chi, with just a Bruce Lee dude in it. You know, yeah. this is different. They 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 do something different with this because it's different creators. You yeah. know, that's that that's the same argument we have. Like, does it matter if you have like an Asian creator or whatever creator? Like, doesn't matter. Like, once you get the best creators, do something like you can, but they necessarily don't get the the nuances of the culture of what they're doing. You know, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, so. I, yeah. I don't think Brian Michael Bendis ever seen a hopping vampire movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's that he wouldn't get it. Like no matter how good yeah. he is, he wouldn't get it. He wouldn't be the right guy for this. So yeah. that's my whole I don't, thing. I don't. I don't think he's seen. Yeah. I don't think he's seen fucking Bride with White Hair. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, like you want to you want to talk about? Let's go talk about Black Panther for a second. Like I said, they made Black Panther back in the sixties. Yes, but for like the next thirty years, he was just a dealer's character, just kind of just did nothing. You know, barely showed up in the book. It's like that until the 2000s when he started getting black writers. You had Priest, you had Hudlin, yeah. you had, uh, um, it's, damn, I forget his name, fucking up. The guy that made Icon, the guy that made Static Shock, the guy that did oh, everything, Dwayne oh. McDuffie, Dwayne McDuffie. 
<laughs>。ええ、コーチ。ええ、コーチ。ええ、コーチ。ええ、コーチ。ええ、コーチ。ええ、コーチ。ええ、コーチ。ええ、コーチ。ええ、コーチ。ええ、コーチ。ええ、
Um, they go to their rooms. During their rooms, they got all these tarot cards waiting for them. I'm not going to show you the tarot cards. Basically, Wolverine's getting choked up one of the guys. Cable is getting killed. No, uh, Captain Britain's getting killed or some shit. And Apocalypse gets pissed with the car he's got because the car he got is uh oh and storm it becomes the angel of death in her car so apparently that's her future uh so apocalypse has his car and his car has him with his wife who's supposed to be you know supposed to have died like a thousand years ago so apparently he goes down there and he meets Annihilation, who is supposed to be the main big bad guy they're supposed to be fighting. And Annihilation takes off her mask and it's exactly who Gomer and I already knew it was. It's his baby mama. The one he thought died like a thousand years ago. So she takes mm-hmm. the mask off, drops the mask, boom. Hello, my love. I'm going to kill you. And all this shit like that. So, the end. Yeah. So, this book gets weirder and weirder as it goes along. This is supposed to be the 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 saving grace of 2020 half the time i don't know what the fuck going on in this book to be honest with you maybe it's because i skipped all the excalibur shit and ex- explanations or whatever the fuck going on <laughs> i don't care just give me when they start fighting people with swords man can i just get that that's all i want all this other world building and shit and i'm from the planet blah 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 and i got a dinosaur mutant iron man with a sword just fight man just kill people <laughs> so Overall, I'm gonna get a book of three out of five. That's why I move this shit past Ninja Turtles. I, I'd rather read Ninja Turtles than this shit. Yeah, yeah, uh, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she. What, what did she get? Okay, just just a side note. I just googled hopping vampires, and this was the first image that came up. Oh shit! Yeah. So. Okay, so, yeah. they look very close to what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm that, thinking that, zombies, yeah. but yeah, okay. Yeah. And they're, they're like zombies. They're, they're undead, but they're not traditional. Man. It's, a, they, they, it's, it's, it's another, like I said, it's another genre of, of Kung Fu that, you know. But uh, other than that, I'll go to Immortal Hulk. Okay. Why are we waiting this long to do Immortal Hulk? We don't do that earlier. This is weird, man. This is so weird. Hey, Cliff, did you read this? Because this was weird as fuck. Let me know what you think happened in this motherfucker. I'm pretty sure Cliff checked out already. <laughs> <laughs> At the X Men, he like I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird, man. This all most of it takes place in the Hulk's head, and all and his like fucking personalities are fighting and shit. So let me okay. So it starts out the leader. So as we know, the leader has figured out the secrets of how the green hell works, the the place below all, and how the green doors come and go, and he's able to resurrect. And and he and last issues he uh. He basically got the Hulk, the Gamma Flight, killed the Hulk. He went down to hell. Leader possessed him. So now Leader is inside the Hulk. And Leader is, you know, can mutate the Hulk and do all kinds of weird shit. But this one starts out with how the Leader figured out how the green hell worked and how the green doors work. And it was because he found uh, Banner's dad, Brian Banner, and how... Because Brian Banner was doing all that shit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, I need to know how you did all this shit. I know it's part part of its gamma, but it's part of its sorcery. I ain't got time to do all that shit. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to like suck your brain and eat your knowledge. And this fucking panel, I don't know if you can hold, it's like the fucking weirdest, dopest image. Like, it's like, how Here. do they get away with this shit? This is- <laughs> yeah, like, you see, like, the leader's head, like, splitting open, and, like, this tongue comes out, 
And then it's like, he just like sucks, sucks out his brain and shit. <laughs> it's what the heck? Really cool image. And like, that's how he figures out how to work the green hell, you know? So then we go back into the Hulk's mind. In the last issue, Devil Hulk was unleashed. Yeah, it's a horror comic. <laughs> Right. <laughs> let me see. Let me he, said, he said he did read it. It's different. He fucked up the <laughs> it's a horror comic. Um, so yeah, so the devil hawk is in there, he's there to protect Banner. And um, he's fighting the leader who is like mutating the Hulk and shit. It's really weird. But then he's got the father, like the father's there. And he's trying to kill the father, but then regular Hulk, you know, remember, these are all different personalities. So the regular Hulk, you know, the one who just smashes, he's like, doesn't want the leader. Yeah, he doesn't want the leader to kill his dad, to kill Brian. Yeah, because all the Hulks are supposed to be scared of his dad. So, yeah. Froze again. That's okay. I'll keep talking. Even though I know he hear me. Better. There you go. <clears throat> and he's going to get. Come on, power through. Hulk smash, penny Wi-Fi. Come on, Eli, come back. There I am. Uh-oh. Okay, I'm back, you but go. you're not. Yeah. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. But then I came back, but I couldn't see. It's, for me, it, like you, you disappear. Like you're. Screen goes black and shit. It's really weird. They said it would be. They said it. Uh, elaborate, Gabe. I don't know what they said it would be. Yeah. So, so the so Hulk doesn't want the leader to kill Banner's dad because deep down the the regular Hulk is just a big kid who wants to be loved, and um. So yeah, he doesn't want his dad die. So because he's just a big kid, and he looks up to his dad. So it's kind of weird. That's kind of fucked up, and shit. So. Yeah, so he basically stops the leader from killing the dad. And this is a really weird panel and shit. It's like this, the art is dope and the monsters are dope. It's really weird. John Carpenter thing, body horror, Cronenberg fly shit. Um, so anyways, they're fighting and then the leader makes off with Bruce Banner. And Bruce Banner goes through the green door. With the, with the, the leader takes Bruce Banner through the green door. So now Bruce Banner's not now this is weird. This is where I'm having a hard time comprehending now because like I said, this is all in Hulk's mind. Um they did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so Bruce Banner is no longer in the Hulk, but um uh what's his face? Doc uh fix it still in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devil Hulk still in there, you know. So there's still other personalities, but Banner's not in there. So they're like just, you know. So they come through and they got the Hulk in like Gamma Flights actually got the Hulk in the real world, like strapped to some contraption. And then in his mind, in his mind, um, right. Rick That's Jones, yeah. mm-hmm. Rick Jones is all fucked up and doing this shit. <laughs> it's just. So because he's still some kind of gamma god, right? Rick Samson, yeah, Doc Samson's in there somewhere too. But they Samson's in hell. Samson's in hell with. And you mean he, Green the, Hill, he, right? Yeah, the Green Hell, 
and yeah. leader took over Rick Jones. So it's it's and then the Hulk. So it's it's I'm having conf- I'm I'm confused at all these personalities fighting each other. Yeah. In the end, that, that's basically what this book is about. It's all of Hulk's personalities at war with each other. Sort of just, you know, his his worst enemy is his himself. Like we go back to Maestro. Maestro is mm-hmm. the worst enemy Hulk ever have, and it's in it's himself. Pickle Rick. It's weird. It's a it's like, yeah, it's getting all weird psychological shit. I had a hard time comprehending like what exactly exactly what's happening, but it's still cool. Like art is dope, and the yeah, this really gory monster car- carpenter thing shit. So I give it, I'm still on board, four out of five. I, this one was just really weird, so. Now, you used to give this shit like 6.5 out of five, I mean. Just. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I'm still there. I just like, I got to reread it. To, like, what the hell is happening? You know, all the fight, they're all fighting each other. He <laughs> smoked before reading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, shoot, any other so, ones yeah, you want to do? Yeah, four out of five. Okay. Uh, I got I got well, no more I books. Friday the thirteenth. If I don't freeze. Yeah, we can uh, knock it out. Let's see again that last page. The last Banner's page is Banner's eyes. Is that Banner? I thought that was Jones. Is that Banner? I guess it would be Banner. Joe, is that you? Are you there? I need help, Joe. Oh yeah, it is Banner. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now you look at the book completely different now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Different context. Yeah. That. <laughs> that that's Banner then. Banner's like in you know getting ripped apart by all his. All his personalities are ripping him apart. It's like there's like the devil hawk, and you see like, you know, yeah, trippy shit, yo. That's the leader in the background. Yeah, the leader's doing that shit. Yeah, this is weird. Yeah, you got to smoke and re- like, you know, smoke and just look at that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. You know, because it's Halloween and I'm a big horror fan, I wanted to read a horror book. And I picked up this Friday the 13th uh, comic. came out in 2007 by Wildstorm. So technically... Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they bought them around in time, so yeah. Yeah, so technically this is a DC book. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, what's going on? Yeah, he's being devoured, yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically... It's Jason killing people in the woods. I'm good with that. But then there's a parallel story going on to what happened in those same woods back in the 1800s. So what happened? Bunch of like mountain men kill this Indian family in a teepee and shit. (laughs) Okay. And then, but then the husband like comes back as like a slasher with a tomahawk and ends up killing the mountain men and sort of a vengeance, you know, kind of like how Jason. So it's basically alluding that those woods have always been cursed, you mm-hmm. know? And they always and, have some you know, kind of, Indian, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. By the, you know, so I guess, you know, seeing, uh, uh, you know, seeing the native, you know, chop people up with this tomahawk was kind of cool. <laughs> Cause I don't get that that much. Now, but normally still, you wouldn't yeah. go for that. <laughs> <laughs> normally, normally. But it's still, it's still stereotypical shit. You know, this book is really saying that the Friday the 13th mythos is entering the Indian burial ground trope, which I have a huge problem with. 
you know, the whole right. Indian burial ground. Now that's like a, a little subgenre horror movies like The Shining, Pet Cemetery, Poltergeist, Amityville, um, even Silent Hill. Um, uh, the, they they're all about you know shit happened to the Indians and now the Indian spirits are restless. So now when the white people move their fancy houses, they're dealing with the, these vengeful Indian spirits and shit, ruining their good time. Check out, I have seen that. I have seen Never Hayek Alone. Yes, on YouTube, you know, those fan movies. There's fan movies and shit. Um, yeah, pretty cool. But, um, and I'm wearing the hat. I'm wearing my Jason hat. No. Nice, Friday 13th. <laughs> um, no yeah, theory. so right. yeah, like like I said, the Indian burial ground trope. It, it's 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 like I said, like suburban homes built on ancient tribal burial ground, and the ghosts come back and fuck up their their barbecue. <laughs> That's like you know, haunt the white people. So it it it. I mean, it's it's old. It's been played out. It's basically feeding into the attitude of colonization. That oh the white family can't enjoy their nice home because these Indians are still mad. You know, it's still, you know what I'm saying? It's still got that colonization sort of attitude of, of, um, yeah. It reminds me of poker, the poker guys. Yeah. In, yeah. You know, it, it's just another excuse for, you know, white folks, white comfort, Indian, Indian spirits are fucking up white comfort. You know, <laughs> that, that's all it is. So, <laughs> Yeah, you gotta you gotta have the uh Michael Myers mask on. <laughs> uh, Willie, Willie <laughs> oh the the he's in he's in the, like the, the the mechanic suit or whatever right. that blue mechanic around <laughs> with the machete in his hand. Yeah. Chop fish. We're yeah, we're always talking. I watched that donut scary movie night. He's like every 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 fucking Michael Myers movie. There's a scene where he goes to an auto garage and kills the guy and takes his jumpsuit. He's got to <laughs> think for those auto mechanic jumpsuits. They're comfortable. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I survived. The I wore those things before. Shit. They're comfortable. Yeah, you just walk around with it. Yeah. They're insulated also. Yeah, so, yeah. I did survive the woods. I did <laughs> survive the woods. It was nice and relaxing. Very relaxing, very chill. I came back here. First thing I said was, look at all these assholes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Friday the 13th, this book was, eh. You know, just have... Just give me Jason chopping people up. That's all I need. You don't have to give me a reason that, you know, Jason is cursed because Indians died there back in the day and it's ruining everybody's good time in the modern days and shit. I'm, you know, fuck that. You know, it's almost like make America great again. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like these, you know, the, these Indians are dead. They're, they should they, quit fucking with us, you know, so we can have our good white time. You know, <laughs> <laughs> fuck all that shit. So yeah, um, I'm done. All right, so we booked out. We good. Okay. Yeah. We actually really we like I said mostly we were just talking about comics at the time. We want to just dig in that. We also about Mandalore early today. Uh, like I said, today is Tuesday. Go out and vote. I don't care who you vote for. I kind of care who you vote for. But just do something. You know, just don't sit at home and then complain about it when the guy that you want to win don't do anything. Respect the one through twenty-five for Halloween. Uh, which one, uh, Cliff? Which which run? You talking about Golden Age, nineties? There's been a bunch of specters. Zoo, 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 zoo. So, yeah. Oh, oh, and also for those that didn't catch on, Eli, I, 
Gomer, who's the other guy? Jules True. Jules. Name yeah. I think it was name was. We did our top five non MCU movies uh, last Tuesday. Definitely check that out. I might even uh, re- repost that and put the list of what we did so you can just cut to the chase to see who we went for. We do have another one coming up this month, uh, top five graphic novels. I have four of mine picked out already, Eli. I don't have my fifth. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm having a hard time choosing, too. I'm like, damn. My four are locked. My four are locked right now. It's that fifth one that's giving me trouble. So yeah. once I figure it out, we're going get, to get to there. Uh, yeah, something. Oh, from the 90s. I think it's on DC Universe. I did see that. I'm going to check that out. And so, uh, yeah, like I said, if we're still here and we haven't broken out a complete civil war, we will come <laughs> back and do some more comic book reviews or Mando review or whatever the fuck is out there review, you know. Uh, until then, this is Leroy. This is Eli. And go fucking vote. Than the heroes for in this day and age, who could ask for more? The crime wave is high with muggings mysterious. All police and detectives are furious because they can't find the source of this lethally evil force. This is serious, so give me a quarter. I was a witness, get me a reporter. Call April O'Neill in on this case, and you better hurry up. There's no time to wait. We need help, like quick on the double. Have pity on the city, man, it's in trouble. We need heroes like the Lone Ranger when Tonto came pronto. When there was danger, they didn't say we'd be there in half an hour, cause they displayed Reporter was hot on the trail, determined to put these crooks in jail. She spied the bad guys and saw what happened, but before she knew it, she fell in the trap and got caught. Yeah, she was all alone, with no friends and no phone. Now this was beyond her worst dreams, cause she was cornered by some wayward teens. Headed by Shredder, they were anything but good. Misguided on love, they called her the foot. They could terrorize and be angry youth, and they'd love the people who needed proof. Then from out of the dark came an awesome sight. Shout out Cowabunga as they hit the ground. From the field of weeds, the heroes rescued the flower, cause they possessed turtle power. you believe in, you find the strength to do what's right, that's terrible. Girls on a half shell, they're on a mission, when there's a battle got the enemy wishing that they stayed at home, instead of fighting these ninja masters with moves like lightning, they were once normal. But now the mutants Splint is the teacher So they are the students Leonardo, Michelangelo And Donatello Make up the team With one other fellow Raphael He's the leader of the group Transformed from the norm By the nuclear group Pizza's the food That's sure to please These ninjas are into Pepperoni and cheese Back to the story It's not hard to find Ninjas not just of the body But of the mind Those were the words That the master instructed But a letter from Shredder Had Splinter abducted 
was the last straw, spring into action. Step on the foot, now they're gonna lose traction. Now this is for real, so you fight for justice. Your shell is hard, so you shout, they can't dust us more. Like some old coffee table, since you've been born, you've been willing and able to defeat the snake, protect the weak, fight for rights and your freedom to speak. Now the villain is chilling, so you make a stand. Back to the wall, put your sword in your hand. Remember the words of your teacher, your master. Evil moves fast, but good moves faster than light. Shining for your illumination, good versus evil equals confrontation. So when you're in trouble, don't give in and go sour. Try to rely on your triple power.